This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. 150 up for Mo Salah and Luis Diaz's first goal guarded the Reds to a 3-1 win over Norwich City at Anfield. You're listening to the post-game podcast with Patrick Smith as we react to Liverpool keeping up the pace in the Premier League title race. It was a pretty dreadful first half for the Reds, made even worse by Norwich taking a shock, heavily deflected lead. The visitors couldn't hold on for long though, as Sadio Mane's acrobatic volley levelled the score for the home side. Shortly after, Alisson Becker picked up the ball and leathered it directly onto the boot of Mohamed Salah, who jinked past the Norwich defence and keeper to slot home his 150th Liverpool goal. At the complete opposite end of the goal-scoring spectrum, Luis Diaz notched his first in a red shirt to seal the win for Jurgen Klopp's side. We'll have all the reaction you need from Anfield, with Ian Doyle once again providing his verdict from the press box, Jurgen Klopp's thoughts from his press conference, and as ever, the fan reaction with Mark Baker, Owen Thomas and Stephen Dawson. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, it's all over here at Anfield. Liverpool have recorded another Premier League victory. They've beaten Norwich City by three goals to one, although it was by no means as uh, straightforward as that scoreline suggests. In fact, Norwich City went ahead just after the, uh, the start of the second half, I should say, three minutes into the second half, when Rashika had a shot that deflected in off Joel Matip. Now, this was a Liverpool team that was sporting seven changes. There were two uh, absences that were enforced with Diogo Jota and Roberto Firmino. They're both injured. Um, Firmino... Um, we believe he's uh, suffered a muscle problem and there's no guarantee he's going to be back for the uh, Carabao Cup final on Sunday week. Although Jurgen Klopp seems to be a little bit more hopeful that Jota could be available then. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was also not in the squad, although there was no issue with him. He was just given a well-earned rest. And with Andy Robertson on the bench, it also meant that Liverpool were missing the two first-choice full-backs in a Premier League game for the first time since uh, Crystal Palace were beaten here 3-0 back in September. What that did mean, though, is that Joe Gomez was uh, involved from the start in a Premier League game for the first time since he uh, suffered uh, that, that, that horrible knee injury while he was on international duty with England back in November 2020. He'd only played 12 minutes in the Premier League uh, before then, this season, over four substitute appearances. And obviously, for you know, Gomez, a centre-back by trade, he couldn't quite offer the same, same threat that... Uh, Trent does going forward but defensively he did reasonably well enough but as I say Liverpool in the first half they dominated the game but didn't really convince going forward um, Luis Diaz I thought in particular he had a difficult time in the first half and uh, while well, Liverpool did have the chances Mohamed Salah had a, a header off the cleared off the line and they were gun, uh, Angus Gunn the Norwich goalkeeper made one or two okay saves Liverpool just weren't threatening enough and in fact you could argue that the best chance of the, the first half came to uh, Norwich when uh, they recycled the ball from a free kick and Timo Pukki got in behind Liverpool's defensive line, he was onside but uh, put his angle shot wide. So when Norwich went ahead, well it was against the run of play, you, you couldn't really argue with it in the sense that Norwich deserved something from the way that they played. However, uh, Jurgen Klopp made two changes uh, to his midfield, or I should say two, two, two changes to his team, because uh, on 62 minutes he brought on Thiago and Origi, and he changed from his normal 4-3-3 to a 4-4-2. And within five minutes Liverpool were ahead. I mean, the equaliser came from, again, like against Inter Milan on, uh, on Wednesday, Jordan Henderson, who came off the bench then, and had a very good second half 
he started this this game, and uh, in the second half he really stepped up and he, he helped elevate Liverpool on the way to that victory. And it was his cross or uh, crossfield ball to the far post where Simicast headed the ball down. Sadio Mane he executed a great overhead kick and uh, that made it one-one uh, from about say about eight or nine yards and. And Anfield had been a little bit grumbly, you know, a little bit. They weren't too happy with what they'd seen before that. But as I say, those substitutions and that goal changed a couple three minutes after that, or so say two minutes after that. Liverpool were ahead. Uh, Mohamed Salah scoring his 150th goal for the club. Only Roger Hunt has managed it in fewer games. Um, Salah making his 233rd appearance. Uh, I think Hunt did it in 226, and it was a great goal as well. Anybody who remembers the, uh, the Liverpool's goal uh, against uh, Manchester United, the one where Alison Becker put a long ball over the top and Salah ran away and scored, it's a little bit reminiscent of that in the fact that it was a, another Alisson long goal. Well, it wasn't a goal kick; it was just out of his hands. Clearance. Salah got in behind the def- Norwich defence, but there was a bit more for him to do. He uh, he basically had to get around, run away from one player, get around another on the edge of the area, and the keeper had come out, gun, and he went kind of turned one way away from him. Then two players had raced back to cover the goal line and he managed to put the ball in the one area where the players weren't and didn't blast it, just rolled it in. So a nice goal for 2-1. And then Norwich kind of just faded a little bit after that. They looked a little bit tired, a little bit of the belief came, you know, edged away from their game. But they were still a threat and at 2-1 it's always a game. But then nine minutes from time, Jordan Henderson again, a great pass uh, through the centre of the defence and Luis Diaz who, who did a lot of his best work, certainly in the second half he was a lot better, he did a lot of his best work when drifting into a central position, he again drifted in, got in behind the defence and uh, did a nice clever finish over Gunn to make it 3-1 and uh, overall I mean Liverpool, you know, you couldn't argue, even you know, Norwich boss Dean Smith after the game said that Liverpool deserved to win purely on the number of chances that they created but Norwich gave a good account of themselves they are a team who's struggling down the other end of the league table, but I think they'd won something like four of the previous seven or eight games. I know two of them were in the FA Cup, and they are back here next month uh, in the fifth in a fifth round tie in the FA Cup. But so they'd got you know that they'd shown that they, as Mohamed Salah said after the game when he did an interview, he'd shown that they can play and they know how to win. So they came here with a lot of hope, and this wouldn't have been a game that they'd have expected to win, but it certainly would have been a game that Liverpool would be expected to win, and they managed to get the job done. I mean, there's another game coming up again. They're just relentless to come play in Leeds on Wednesday, and all they can do in, a, in the pursuit of Manchester City is just to, at the top of the Premier League is just to keep on winning and just see what happens and see whether City slip up. I mean, obviously, this is a rare one. Certainly in the last couple of couple of weeks where Liverpool have actually gone first and not started a game 12 points behind they've cut it back to six uh, we'll know by the end of the weekend just how many points they end up being behind Man City The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel Up and running I'm not going to take I can't take everyone's hand but uh, we'll take as many as we can Go on then uh, Chris fire away Okay uh, It was complicated complicated afternoon yeah you can put you came through it in the end just an overview, really. Yeah, but no problem with that. Complicated was it before already. So you can see, just as an example, you make an analysis of an opponent, and of course you use as well the last game uh, they played and, and uh, some other games, and you see some things which, uh, which you want to use, and then <laughs> during the game you realise they analyze their own game as well and change that completely. So, um, and then you have to you have to find other ways. So that's how it is. And um, we could have scored really early in the game um, with two massive chances uh, from Costas. And the other one was to, to header from 
Virgil when he squared the ball. And I, I thought there were two players from us who could have finished it off. Don't know why we didn't do that. Then um, you don't score. Um, they find a little bit better in the game. Uh, well, they're actually always good, to be honest. They're always, they're, it's a really good football team. And Dean is obviously doing an incredible job. Very talented, very brave, very confident and all these kind of things in the situation they are. Really good. <coughs> Sorry. Um, but half time was not that we said we have to change this, this, and this. Actually, we showed one longer sequence where, where, we, where we played exactly like we should have played all the time. We just should have done it more often. Tried that in the second half, obviously, but then we conceded that goal. Um, and you could see directly in a few minutes after, it was now a bit hectic, atmosphere was hectic, everyone like was got a bit nervous and uh, we thought it makes sense to make then early changes just to calm it directly down again. And we did that literally, um, obviously with, with Thiago and, um, and the system change to 4-4-2. Um, and then anyway, you have to finish the situations off. So the first goal obviously was now not the biggest chance we had in the game Sadio just caught off it with an incredible with an incredible finish and the other goals uh, were really beautiful as well so um yes was we right it was complicated no problem with that it's Premier League you can see what kind of quality all the teams have but that makes it so special when you win them then anyway okay thanks Chris we'll go Carl Paul and Kiva and that'll probably be us uh, Carl I, can, I just wondering what what that goal does for Luis Diaz to get one too early. Yeah, look, you could see we, we saw now two games when when, when Luis played came on or played um, where it was absolutely incredible. Today it was hard work for him as well, eh? so it was a, a tricky one, a tricky encounter. And um, so then staying on the pitch, staying staying in the game, um, it shows then the real quality because. Um, yeah, how said we changed system and, and, and kept then Lewis in the center or brought Lewis in the center and Sadio in his natural position. Sadio scored anyway in the center and Lewis um, has makes this wonderful run in the center as well. So um, it's good. He's just an outstanding talent, a really, really, really good player. And yeah, how you, you should better ask him. I can't remember my first goal anymore. It was probably really nice, but um, I think he's very happy tonight. Should Thank be. You. Thank you, Carl. Paul Joyce. Um, yeah, again, I was just wondering how um, Firmino was, the extent of his injury. Yeah, uh, probably that's, uh, that's all. We made a few, <laughs> made a lot of changes too. We had to make um, Diogo and Bobby. Um, both were not available today. We, we really don't know 100%. But with Diogo, it looks a little bit better than we first thought. With Bobby, we didn't even know that he has something until he felt it only after the game. And we all thought it's a little thing, but um, it's a, a muscle injury and we, we have to see how long it will take. I don't know it in the moment, um, but for sure not for the next game. So um, we we have to see. Um, Trent just was, we rested Trent today. So, and pretty much the rest was in the squad or played. Yeah, and just want one other question. Um, the challenge of sort of Inter Milan, then Norwich, then Leeds, then a cup final. How how much do you enjoy all all that at the moment? The sort of don't get you know the rhythm of that and what you could achieve this season. How how much do you as a manager enjoy 
the different problems yeah. that yeah, we yeah, we enjoyed. Now, not all about it and traveling and then and, and flying back on Thursday and playing on Saturday and these kind of things difficult to enjoy. But obviously, the 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 the, the pure the situation um, we really enjoy. We see it as an opportunity. We never had it before that we are in all four competitions. That, that's absolutely um, incredible, and we really enjoy that. And we long made continue because that means we can. Uh, play a lot of football games. That's what we do, what we love most. And um, but that is not e it's not easy for the boys. And that's exactly why we changed today seven times because um, I expect from the boys that they um, listen. And when I tell them that it's the next game we play is absolutely the most important game we've ever played. Anyway, the only one we play. Um, but it's not easy. And today we wanted to help with seven changes that we just bring in fresh legs. And uh, from there we go. And we could have we could have. Um, I think one oh, brought the game in the right direction early, but didn't. And then it, and it became really hard work and stiff in moments and all these kind of things. But um, in the end, we made it through and that feels now obviously absolutely great. Kiva and Dave Malik to finish. Kiva first. Hi, Jürgen. Hi. Obviously, you'll know the most Salah scored is 150th goal for the club today. Um, I was just wondering, do you have a favourite of his goals? <laughs> For the 150, oh. today was a really cheeky one, to be honest. I remember the Chelsea goal when he inside and the Thunderball in the far corner. A few of the dribblings, one City, one Watford. The United goal I like a lot. Uh, the 2-0. Ali's pass as well. Champions League. <laughs> Yeah, one at City as well, not because it's City, but it was very, very special. Um, um, yeah, no, I can probably not remember all 150, but I can remember a lot. And um, yeah, there were some good goals involved. The first one, I think, was at Watford, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, that was the easiest goal maybe he scored since he's here. But Lewis can probably, have, if he would use the first goal for a similar journey, it would be cool. Um, nobody could expect that that day when he scored at Watford that um, in this short period of time it would be possible for him to score 149 more. Really special. Thanks, Kiva. Dave, just to finish. Jürgen, um, obviously everybody's rightly talking about Salah and he's a Liverpool legend already. But uh, Sadio Mane actually equaled John Barnes's uh, goal-scoring record for Liverpool. Barnes is regarded as the greatest left winger, Liverpool left winger of all time. And, and I, I kind of just wonder your thoughts on that, because yeah. I think Mane deserves to be in that company now. Oh, definitely. That's a, that's, that, that's a, not, that's a bit of... Uh, the problem of the situation, we speak about one, but we have to speak about the other one as well. That's 100% true. That's a goal record is absolutely insane as well. Um, and the goal he scored today maybe is, shows the whole range of the things he can do. He helped the team out today massively with first playing the center, then going back to the left wing, then being in the right moment in the center, then doing a bicycle kick. So I, um, Jacques is, has more than 100 goals as well. I'm pretty sure, maybe not for Liverpool, because he um, scored a few for Southampton as well. But he's a world-class striker. Wherever he will play, left wing, right wing, centre, um, he's a world-class striker. And um, yes, it's really helpful to have him here. Thank you very much, everybody. Stay safe and uh, speak to you 
later in the week, I guess. Bye-bye. Can't wait. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Ended up being a difficult game for Liverpool to get over the line against Norwich City. Um, seemed to have lost away in the second half and there was a point where it looked a real struggle. However, one thing I would say is it's a game against the bottom club in the Premier League which comes in and amongst some really crucial fixtures for Liverpool. And Liverpool have got, obviously, a fantastic mentality and attitude that goes throughout the squad. But you do wonder about them small percentages in, in players' mindsets when they go into games like this. Obviously, Liverpool having a cup final coming up in a week's time as well and another Premier League fixture coming up in the week. And Klopp obviously made a lot of changes today. You would feel that he had to he had to make changes. I mean, there's so many games for Liverpool. And I know a lot of the fan base would love them to play the, what they would consider the most important players and best players every single game. But the reality in modern elite football is that's not going to happen with the recovery that they have to take to be at their maximum level to perform in the biggest games. And I suppose when he looks at not at your home, that is a game that you would look at and think to yourself, right, okay, if I am going to make some changes, then that's a game that we can still get away with and win, especially being a home at Anfield. As it turns out, it's transpired to be more difficult than it is, and maybe that says something about how vital the players who were left out of Liverpool's side are to them being comfortable in games and able to maximise results. So just looking, obviously, at the the game as a whole and the, and the changes made to Liverpool's side, I think the game as a whole, one thing I would say is, Again, you know, as I talk about that sort of mentality, whether it's, you know, at the forefront of your mind or not, if players are slightly one or two percent off the game because they feel it'll be a more comfortable fixture against Norwich City, then that might play into some of the performance. What I mean by that is I felt Norwich were able to play through Liverpool too often, especially in the first half and the start of the second half. Distances weren't right from Liverpool's midfield units of the team. Obviously, a big problem I felt was in midfield where Liverpool were too able to be played too able to be played through and then when players from Norwich City were picking up the ball in between midfield to attack the defensive line was too deep so you had a midfield who couldn't apply the right kind of pressure on the ball and then a back line who was slightly too far away from that midfield unit which allowed Norwich to get into little pockets of space and then potentially be able to pick up the ball in really good areas without pressure and then that's when Liverpool can look a little bit ragged and you're more bordering on luck to hold that defensive line then. So, and a better team, you would feel, would punish Liverpool in them situations. So, I mean, obviously, Liverpool, listen, every team can have games where they're not at the maximum. But I think, obviously, the profiles of the players who were missing in Liverpool's midfield, especially in Thiago and Fabinho, who are so intelligent, take up such good positions in tandem with each other. And with the rest of the units of the team, make that mean that they can suffocate, hoover up a lot of uh, the opposition trying to play out, and then obviously recycle the ball. Liverpool are back on the front foot. It never really happened today, and obviously had to be rectified when Thiago come onto the field to play in the second half. So as a as a collective overall performance, I felt a lot of the Liverpool players were below par. But listen, that's going to happen from time to time. Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool's level. I was, I think, the, I was looking at some of the statistics and. I think it lost two games in something like 40-odd, mid-40s. I mean, that's an absolutely fantastic record from Liverpool and the level of consistency and says so much about the, the outstanding level of coaching, the outstanding levels of the players because Liverpool don't play particularly well in every game. No team are ever going to play particularly well, but their, their ability to carve out results from nearly every game they participate in just shows to what 
a fantastic achievement they've made, not only in the last few years, but also in this period that we're currently witnessing at this moment in time, which sometimes gets forgotten about because of how fantastic Manchester City are and how many points they are able to accumulate. And therefore, you look at the league and you think to yourself, well, Liverpool are you know, six points behind and mustn't, mustn't have had a good season. But that's that's far from being the case. Um, so just to bring on to the onto the selection, really. So, obviously, the big one that stood out for me was that Trent Alexander-Arnold was left out of Liverpool's team. Obviously, it makes perfect sense. As I said, you want to try and leave out your better players in games that you think you can win, and this was obviously one on paper that you feel could be the case. However, I'm always worried when he's not in the side. I must say, I mean, again, statistically, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I know that the difference between him being in Liverpool's side to, without, to not in the side in terms of wins, win percentage and the actual numerics of how they perform both defensively and especially in the attacking third just massively decrease when he's not there and never as a, a full-back had such an influence on a team before he is Liverpool's most creative player and when you take him out the team and especially with Thiago not in the team as well the two players who progress the ball the most with the least touches in Liverpool's side it, it's always going to affect Liverpool and what doesn't help the situation is when you are actually place, replacing Alexander-Arnold with a, a player who's not really comparison in, a, a, a comparable in profile. So, obviously, it's difficult to replicate what Alexander-Arnold does. But if a, a Neko Williams, for example, is playing fullback, who is an attacking fullback, who is used to the role, it's his natural position, he displays traits that Liverpool obviously build up the academy wanting player profiles to play the same way so that once for example a centre midfield players that have the same profile and so on and so forth so he's obviously gone on loan to, to Fulham and he's still, still a raw player but he's certainly pl- a player who you look at you think he's going to have a really good career and he's going to be a really good fullback and obviously he's gone out and that leaves James Milner obviously a midfield player who's at the back end of his career doesn't really want to be playing in them wide full-back roles can be exposed and obviously it's not his natural game when he's then on the ball to receive the ball and then you've got Joe Gomez who came in today who's coming off the back of a terrible injury I'm a massive fan of Joe Gomez I think he's he's been an excellent centre-half for Liverpool and will continue to be with games I think it's just unfortunate that Liverpool are so stocked in that position with top-class options and obviously he's had a few setbacks this season which mean that he's he's gone to the bottom of that potential uh, pile and list but I've never been a fan of his at right-back and that's not just Joe Gomez is a player who's filling in there, but I'm never a fan of centre-halves playing right-back, especially, or left-back, whichever the full-back position is. It's because, especially in Liverpool's team, Liverpool are so heavily reliant on creativity from them roles that the robotic nature of centre-halves when they get into them higher positions means that they're very unlikely to create. And, you know, if you're an opposition manager, and again, not a, not a team who could expose this because they don't have the quality, but you'd certainly see that as a weakness in not only drawing centre-halves out into them wide areas when you've got the ball, but also allowing the centre-half to have the ball when Liverpool attack, because the likelihood is it's not going to be threatening in that sense. And and let's be fair, Gomez really struggled in the game, and that's no slight on him. I mean, he's playing in a, a position which is not his best, but also he's coming off a really long layoff, and it was a, certainly a position Liverpool struggled in, not only just in an attacking sense, but also defensively. Um, look beyond the level of, of sharpness that you would want and Liverpool were in trouble on a number of occasions down that side but listen that isn't that that isn't none of his fault it's just an interesting one that if Alexander-Arnold was to get injured for any period of time I would really see that as a big dent in Liverpool's ability to um, 
accumulate any kind of major prizes. I think he's that important. I think he's right up there in the list, if not right at the top of the players who you would not want to lose, such as his importance and the fact that you cannot replace him with any one of the anywhere near the same comparable traits. So it'd be interesting because, as I mean, I'm saying this, Liverpool have never really had anyone to replace him down the, the last few years, but they've been fortunate in the sense that he hasn't got injuries and he's not really an injury-prone player and I would never think that it would be likely he would get injured. However, what you do have to do is you have to manage him because he can't simply play every single game and every single game at this moment in time by the FA Cup ties are massive games for Liverpool. So it's about how you best manage that and if you do then... Who do you bring in who's going to do that job today? It was Gomez. I felt obviously it didn't work out too well. That doesn't mean that he can't be a fill-in in the, in the future and certainly he'll get better the more games he plays. And it's also a way to get him game time. I mean, he's a player who obviously Liverpool would love to keep at the club, I'm sure. But there must be part of Gomez who obviously wants to play games as well, which makes it difficult. The fact that he could then play two positions obviously opens them minutes up. But whether it would be the best thing for Liverpool and actually playing in that role would be an interesting one. So it's re- it really fascinates me for Liverpool how they how they manage that right back position and hopefully it's a factor of only managing it for a couple more games this season in which you, cup competitions in which you could realistically rest them and it doesn't become a factor which he's ever out for a period of time because that for me would be a, a terrible terrible problem for Liverpool and that was the big thing I took out the game anyway. Bring on your internationale. Bring on your Norwich by the score. Jurgen's Reds are on the up. Yeah, we'll not just win one cup because Liverpool are gonna win all four. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Feeling as bullish as Bully from Bullseye, standing in a field of red flags. Red for Liverpool. Red for danger. Red for the colour of Pep's bloodshot eyes as at 1-0 to Norwich at Anfield, the checkbook underachiever may well have plucked up the courage to finally crawl out from under whatever hole he was in to switch on the Liverpool match only to see Sadio Mane rise and turn in the air like a bouquet flipped by a bride to beautifully equalise. And then, just a couple of minutes later, my word, what a goal! Had you before today ever seen a player bamboozle an entire defence, not just once, but twice, and arguably even three times, before rolling the ball into the net from outside the area on their wrong foot? Neither had I. Mo is unique, a genius in the truest sense, man of the season, in my opinion, by quite a distance, even though there are some excellent, marvellous, wonderful players who I love and adore. But there you go, Mo Salah. I was still nervous. I was still nervous, though. I was still nervous until Jordan Henderson's through ball sliced Norwich open like a paper cut. And Luis Diaz was there, having made a beautiful run. And his rinky-dinked little finish sent Liverpool fans around the world into raptures, into a frenzy. What a comeback. What a performance. Perhaps Pep Guardiola hasn't quite crumbled yet or perhaps he hasn't quite got the jitters yet.
But this is Owen from Cop On Podcast saying, Bring on your internationale. Bring on your Norwich by the score. Jurgen's Reds are on the up. Yeah, we'll not just win one cup. Because Liverpool are going to win all four. Well, it's all over here at Anfield. Liverpool have recorded another Premier League victory. They've beaten Norwich City by three goals to one. Although it was by no means as uh, straightforward as that scoreline suggests. In fact, Norwich City went ahead just after the, uh, the start of the second half, I should say, three minutes into the second half, when Rashika had a shot that deflected in off Joel Matip. Now, this was a Liverpool team that was sporting seven changes. There were two uh, absences that were enforced with Diogo Jota and Roberto Firmino. They're both injured. Um, Firmino... Um, we believe he's uh, suffered a muscle problem and there's no guarantee he's going to be back for the uh, Carabao Cup final on Sunday week. Although Jurgen Klopp seems to be a little bit more hopeful that Jota could be available then. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was also not in the squad, although there was no issue with him. He was just given a well-earned rest. And with Andy Robertson on the bench, it also meant that Liverpool were missing the two first-choice full-backs in a Premier League game for the first time since uh, Crystal Palace were beaten here 3-0 back in September. What that did mean, though, is that Joe Gomez was uh, involved from the start in the Premier League game for the first time since he uh, suffered uh, that, that, that horrible knee injury while he was on international duty with England back in November 2020. He'd only played 12 minutes in the Premier League uh, before then, this season, over four substitute appearances. And obviously, for you know, Gomez, a centre-back by trade, he couldn't quite offer the same, same threat that... Uh, Trent does going forward but defensively he did reasonably well enough but as I say Liverpool in the first half they dominated the game but didn't really convince going forward um, Luis Diaz I thought in particular he had a difficult time in the first half and uh, while well, Liverpool did have the chances Mohamed Salah had a, a header off the, cleared off the line and there were gun, uh, Angus Gunn the Norwich goalkeeper made one or two okay saves Liverpool just weren't threatening enough and in fact you could argue that the best chance of the, the first half came to uh, Norwich when uh, they recycled the ball from a free kick and Timo Pukki got in behind Liverpool's defensive line, he was onside but uh, put his angle shot wide. So when Norwich went ahead, well it was against the run of play, you, you couldn't really argue with it in the sense that Norwich deserved something from the way that they played. However, uh, Jurgen Klopp made two changes uh, to his midfield, or I should say two, two, two changes to his team, because uh, on 62 minutes he brought on Thiago and Origi, and he changed from his normal 4-3-3 to a 4-4-2. Um, within five minutes Liverpool were ahead. I mean, the equaliser came from, again, like against Inter Milan on, uh, on Wednesday. Jordan Henderson, who came off the bench then, and had a very good second half. He started this, this game and uh, in the second half he really stepped up and he, he helped elevate Liverpool on the way to that victory and it was his cross or, uh, crossfield ball to the far post where Simakas headed the ball down Sadio Mane, he executed a great over a kick and uh, that made it 1-1 uh, from about, say, about 8 or 9 yards and Anfield had been a little bit grumbly, you know, a little bit they weren't too happy with what they'd seen before that but, as I say, the substitutions and that goal changed the up three minutes after that, or sorry, sorry, two minutes after that, Liverpool were ahead. Uh, Mohamed Salah scoring his 150th goal for the club. Only Roger Hunt has managed it in fewer games. Um, Salah making his 233rd appearance. Uh, I think Hunt did it in 226. And it was a great goal as well. 
Anybody who remembers the, uh, the Liverpool's goal uh, against uh, Manchester United, the one where Alison Becker put a long ball over the top and Salah ran away and scored. It's a little bit reminiscent of that and the fact that it was a, another Alison long goal kick. Well, it wasn't a goal kick, it was just out of his hands. Clearance. Salah got in behind the def- Norwich defence, but there was a bit more for him to do. He, uh, he basically had to get around, run away from one player, get around another on the edge of the area, and the keeper had come out, gun, and he went kind of turned one way away from him. Then two players had raced back to cover the goal line and he managed to put the ball in the one area where the players weren't and didn't blast it, just rolled it in. So a nice goal for 2-1. And then Norwich kind of just faded a little bit after that. They looked a little bit tired, a little bit of the belief came, you know, edged away from the game. But they were still a threat at 2-1, it's always a game. But then nine minutes from time, Jordan Henderson again, a great pass uh, through the centre of the defence and Luis Diaz who, who did a lot of his best work, certainly in the second half he was a lot better, he did a lot of his best work when drifting into a central position, he again drifted in, got in behind the defence and uh, did a nice clever finish over Gunn to make it 3-1 and uh, overall I mean Liverpool, you know, you couldn't argue, even you know, Norwich boss Dean Smith after the game said that Liverpool deserved to win purely on the number of chances that they created but Norwich gave a good account of themselves they are a team who's struggling down the other end of the league table, but I think they'd won something like four of the previous seven or eight games. I know two of them were in the FA Cup, and they are back here next month uh, in the fifth in a fifth round tie in the FA Cup. But so they'd got you know they'd shown that they, as Mohamed Salah said after the game when he did an interview, he'd shown that they can play and they know how to win. So they came here with a lot of hope, and this wouldn't have been a game that they'd have expected to win, but it certainly would have been a game that Liverpool would be expected to win, and they managed to get the job done. I mean, there's another game coming up again. They're just relentless to come play in Leeds on Wednesday, and all they can do in, a, in the pursuit of Manchester City is just to, at the top of the Premier League is just to keep on winning and just see what happens and see whether City slip up. I mean, obviously, this is a rare one. Certainly in the last couple of couple of weeks where Liverpool have actually gone first and not started a game 12 points behind they've cut it back to six uh, we'll know by the end of the weekend just how many points at the end of being behind Man City you've been listening to the post game podcast on the blood red channel